I wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. And on this episode, I have Hannah Waggled. Yeah, we were like, oh, this is going to be so easy. We've got this. You know, this was nothing. The next day we get up, we head out. We get up to five. We went around to the backside of five and Austin's like, that's what we're going up. And I look up and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Like, did I bring enough water, sunblock? We started heading up and I think it took us like three hours to get up there. The animal, the size on the Audad, you don't know how big they are when you look at pictures. You get like a general idea, but you get up to it in real life and it's out of the ballpark not what you expected at all ginormous like how do they climb up the side of the mountain so fast <laughs> welcome to hunting day with stephen robbins now for your host stephen robbins all right guys and gals welcome back to another episode of hunting day and on this episode i have hannah waggled and hannah is actually a recent follower of ours on instagram and social media but she is also good friends with mutual friends of ours uh, Felicia Marie from Women of the Wild, as well as Austin Pressey from Wicked 7 Outdoors. And so Hannah just got back from Texas on a, what I would call an adventure. And uh, they were out in West Texas in the Presidio area hunting with Austin, as well as I believe y'all went to Rock Springs and did some turkey hunting and over to Dallas and Nikki Bodley's ranch there at uh, Whiskey Willow in Ozona. So, Hannah, thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super stoked to be on and talk about everything that I went through. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Hannah has a very special um, story as far as the all dad hunts goes. And I'm not going to um, spoil that, but I'll let her share that with you all. And, um, but Hannah, you know, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what all you got going on as far as what you do for school and what you want to be as far as your profession. And then tell us a little bit about your hunting background. Yeah, so I grew up and I currently live in West Michigan. I am 24 years old, mother of a four-year-old, uh, crazy little boy, <laughs> loves getting out and going fishing. Um, I currently attend Unity College and I'm pursuing a degree for wildlife conservation, going for my bachelor's. And basically I am I live and breathe everything outside, outdoors, uh, hunting, fishing, hiking, um, going for walks, walking the dogs, educating the public. It's what I revolve my entire life around. <laughs> I have nothing better to do. Just kidding. I <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that really spoke to me. Um, and growing up in West Michigan, I was raised to be a deer hunter, specifically a bow hunter. I do gun hunt, but my dad's big into archery. So I started out really young. Um, I've been going out with him since I was, as far as I can remember, six years old. Okay. And being able to experience sitting in the stand with him and watching him take deer or having him pass up deer, but just having that experience really ignited my curiosity for that. So I got a bow and I shot it for six more years after that. Um, got my first deer 
with my bow when I was 13. Awesome. And that really, that really drove it. I was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't want to do anything else. Uh, so I deer hunt every year as much as I can. I usually save vacation time for it at work. I would leave school to go and do it on opening days, usually for weeks at a time. Um, and I also was raised salmon fishing off the piers. We didn't have a boat or anything. So we'd just go out and sit, go out at like midnight, two in the morning, sit until daybreak. And that was a really good thing, you know, just as dad, daughter, um, being the oldest, <laughs> I really, I was brought out the most out of the four of us siblings, yeah. but I was really the one that went running with it. So that really kind of started my obsession yeah. for sure. And now my career path is just ensuring that we can have all these, you know, game areas and habitat and all these game animals for as long as, you know, my kid, um, his kids, future generations can enjoy it. And I like seeing the comeback of species around me for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Conservation is huge for what we're doing in our efforts. And, uh, you know, I think that here at hunting day, we try to ex express that. And if we don't do it enough, we need to do it more, but, um, conservation is key. And the fact that, you know, we don't just go out and kill animals to do it. You know, we we're doing it for sustainable food one and two, there is a sporting aspect in it as well. Absolutely. But it is to manage the herd and manage the species of animal that we're hunting. And if we're at any point over consuming, then as a entity, that's what I really like about the DNR. And I know some people don't like it and that's, you know, that's probably because they're doing bad things. Um, but as an entity, the DNR, I mean, their goal is to manage and help the herd thrive. And so my hat's off to you for pursuing a career in such a, and for pursuing that career, because that does ensure that for generations to come that we get to, those generations get to enjoy with the sport that we do. Oh yeah. And I definitely didn't understand it when I was younger. I didn't really realize what the true meaning of conservation was until I hit about, I would say 16 or 17. I got my second deer under my belt after that. And I just kind of began seeing things on social media, hearing about it on the news. And I was like, that's something that's really complex. And just seeing the laws change every year, I was always wondering why, why is it changing? Why are tag limits, um, restrictions, antler point restrictions, things like that. And recently, I believe it was last year, September, actually, one of my uh, terms for class was understanding how tags are distributed and exactly why they are. So I did a bunch of research on that. And it's a whole lot of work. It's not just, oh, I see eight deer in this field, so I'm going to let four of them get you know taken this year. Yeah, It's years and years of studying and habitat management. I want to be a part of that. I want to make sure that I'm not only being a conservationist as a hunter, but being the person that's doing that research and getting hands-on and seeing why things go the way they do out in that natural habitat. 
um, I was really interested, or I still am, in the law enforcement aspect of conservation officer. But the more I go through school, being a biologist or a researcher, any like a technician, anything like that, I just want to be out there. Yeah. I want to be involved. Um, so I'm really excited. I just got a summer job being a wildlife technician assistant this summer. So that'll get me out in the field and getting that going and seeing if I really do love it as much as I think I do. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be an interesting thing to get going for sure. Very nice. Now you brought up something that the tags, you brought that up and that um, struck a question in my mind there. Does Michigan offer like a blanket tag for the state? I'm sure the buck tag would be that way. But like doe tags, do if you buy a tag in Western Michigan, can you use that tag in Southern Michigan or Eastern Michigan, Northern Michigan? Um, do you know if that's uh, what you're allowed to do? Yeah. So recently, in the past couple of years, at the moment, I can't remember exactly what year it changed, but you have they call them universal tags. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to state what county you're hunting in. Okay. You can take any of your tags, um, your antlerless or your basic or your restricted and go to any unit in the state of Michigan. Okay. And for since 2021, they've been issuing 10 antlerless tags, antlerless universal tags. So technically, I did a lot of research on this too because I was, me and all my buddies are like, why would we be able to shoot 12 deer in a year. Um, basically, like I said, you could shoot 12 doe, you could shoot 11 doe and a buck if you wanted to, as long as you pay for it anywhere in the state. But that was the way that they were and are getting the number of hunters up because since 2008, our hunting and hunter numbers have declined by about, 60,000 okay um whether it whether it be due to people you know we have smaller bucks in the state they're not huge they're out there but they're not as common as other midwestern states um or just the rules being too strict for some people so they would just go off and go hunt other states and okay we've actually brought in a whole lot of money and a whole lot of hunters by doing that and I really appreciate that because that helps with not only conservation, but disease control. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it makes a lot of sense personally because I can hunt where I normally hunt. I can go up to Marquette uh, and go visit my friend Sam up there and go hunt if I wanted to Yeah. Uh, go to Manatee. I went up there last year and there are some nice deer up there. I didn't get, get my hands on, um, go over, southeast side go hunt so it's really nice to have that flexibility yeah yeah very nice so the reason i ask that is like in virginia um east of the blue ridge and west of the blue ridge have different daily bag limits um they have different season limits season lengths and things like that and uh so but like doe tags are blanket for the state but we actually have Mm -hmm. different um, buck restrictions uh, east of the Blue Ridge, they're allowed three bucks per hunting season, and west of the Blue Ridge, we're allowed two. But then, like when I hunt in Pennsylvania, I get a blanket buck tag, but then I have to apply for doe tags, and I have to apply per unit. 
and they, they come out with, all right, we're going to allot this many doe tags per season. And this, you know, there's so like you actually have to apply by the deadlines for draws. And then if there are left over, you can then reapply for those as well. And so it's uh it's different to see how each state handles their deer herds and conservation. And it makes sense mm-hmm. to me, though, that they're not all the same because every habitat and terrain and just deer population is different. And so. I think the states are doing a good job. I mean, I'm sure there's always room for improvement, but um, overall, like in Virginia, we've got a really good, healthy deer population. Pennsylvania has an extremely healthy deer population. And uh, so it's really good to see what different states are doing and how they're doing it. So that's really cool that you have some inside information on that. So I appreciate that. Of course. So let's, let's, (laughs) let's get into this all dad hunt this uh how long were your total trip how long did that take y'all so total trip we left we all met up in carpool and started going down there march 22nd and we all got back april 5th oh wow so i think that's exactly about two weeks maybe a couple days more than that two days in the car yeah two days in the car was fun um i I remember going to like Cedar point from where I live and like, Oh, five hours. I can't do five hours. But now when it comes to hunting or fishing, I'm like, all right, car ride for 30 hours. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. So, so it was a long time away uh, from the family and from the job, the job I was fine with, like, but being away from the family, I was like, this is a big change. And I thought it would be really hard. And it was, but having the other girls in Austin and all their encouragement that made it a whole lot smoother yeah. being on that trip. And did y'all start hunting in Presidio? Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I've actually had Austin on here. We did a three part series of going all dad hunting and then after all dad hunting and, uh, so, and actually Austin's been on previously to that as well. And so, uh, our listeners are no stranger to Austin and, uh, but, uh, he, he is quite the character. So I'm sure you had a blast just being around him and it, cause he's got the personality for it, but yeah. was the terrain a, what you expected be more of a mental challenge or physical challenge because in our group it was both you know the group i went with and so i'd love to hear kind of what your thoughts are on it yeah so the terrain in my mind i didn't picture huge mountains or what austin calls mesas they are mountains to me yes we have hills in michigan so um we went to lubbock uh last year with women of the wild for a crane hunt and it was flat there were a little bit of like you know rocky outcrops but basically it was flat so i we get to presidio and it is nothing like i imagined it would be it's rocks on rocks on smaller rocks on cactuses like there was no straight dirt anywhere (laughs) no um it was way steeper and way more i i guess you could say unstable for footing yeah than i thought it would be so 
physically that was the harder part was when we were climbing up uh those mountains or those mesas is mentally focusing okay we got to move 100 yards 150 yards we'll stop and take a break because it was i want to say 80 to 90 degrees almost every day except for one day where it was it was like 60 but it was 40 mile per hour winds so we were also getting blown over while going up one of these mountains but it wasn't as hot um but you're you got to focus on your footing you got to focus on where you're going your next movements uh i basically kind of used the three point contact method yeah when i was climbing anywhere like a ladder uh just to be safe you know so mentally and physically about equally going up was a bit of a challenge um but austin made sure that he guided us to the right areas the safer areas uh my favorite part was probably the river bottom uh or the riverbed the dry riverbed that we would walk to walk into the spots we were going to go up because that was mostly flat other than hopping on big rocks but that was my favorite part of the day was going in and then going out in that riverbed for sure yeah absolutely so austin i think is part mountain goat by the way and uh he, y'all, y'all camped back at Mesa five. Is that right? By the windmill? Yep, we did. Did he, I don't know if he told you this. We couldn't get back there. The road was flooded, but they had actually had a little bit of rain and uh, not a lot of rain, but a little bit of rain and it flooded the road to where we couldn't get back there. So we had to park all the way out in the front and we had, wow. all, it was like two and a half mile one way just to get back, <laughs> just to get back to where y'all camped. So we had an extra five miles a day walking because the we picked the wettest part of the year to go, apparently. And uh but that riverbed was beautiful. And I loved, you know, I and maybe you guys this was the same for you all, but each day that you were there, your confidence boosted. And you were like, all right, I'm going to try that way now instead of taking the little bit longer, safer way. You know, and I don't want to use the term safer, but easier way of going. And so by the end of it, we're like scaling rocks, like cliffhanger mode over there. And like there's little puddles. I mean, they're deep enough pools that if you fell in them, you'd be wet and miserable for the rest of the hunt. So you tried to not fall on them, (laughs) but we we had a blast. We really did. And, uh, you know, no, no one in our group came back with an all dad. And I know that really beat up Austin um, because he takes his job very seriously. But uh, we, oh, yeah. the adventure, like the hunt itself, there's nothing like it. Um, I don't know how you can prepare for something like that other than to go do it and understand what you have, like what you've got your hands on. And then you can, all right, now to go back, I can prepare because I know what to expect, but there's no way for anyone. At least I feel like, um, can verbally and even in pictures and videos and stuff. I mean, they can't prepare you for that until you actually just go and experience it. And the fact that you were able to take a really nice all dad Ram, my hat's off to you for that. And I'd love to hear about that and how that went. Yeah. So uh basically i'll kind of start uh i shot him on the second second day we were there okay uh so i'll kind of start we got into camp 
Uh, we set everything up. It was after dark, so we were kind of in a rush, but not really. Um, we got in and we set everything up. We got the fire going, got dinner going. Um, right before I went, I found out that I was pregnant. So I was a little nervous about going and doing this. But like I said, like you said, and like I said, you don't expect what, how it's actually going to be until you get there. Right. Uh, so Austin, Austin, Felicia and the girls threw me a cute little like baby shower um, and <laughs> got me a bunch of lotion and stuff, which came in handy uh, after we got back to camp every night. Yeah, uh, we went. to bed. <laughs> So, yeah, we went to bed, um, got up in the morning. We went and did some shooting, just making sure our rifles were sighted in. Yep. Uh, got that taken care of. We headed out and we went and did, we walked the riverbed, went up a little bit onto, I think it was four. Okay. Uh, about a, about halfway up four and just kind of sat there and glassed for the rest of the day. Um, so I was wrong. I got him on day three. <laughs> okay. But. Yeah, we were like, oh, this is going to be so easy. We've got this. You know, this was nothing. The next day we get up, we head out. We get up to five. Uh, we go to a different spot. We didn't walk the riverbed. We went around to the backside of five. And Austin's like, that's what we're going up. And I look up and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, am I going to be able to do this? Like, did I bring enough water, sunblock? Um. But my girls in Austin had my back and they brought backup water, of course. So we started heading up and we actually brought Chase with us that day, too. That okay. was the only day we brought Chase. <laughs> yeah. Um, we started heading up and I think it took us like three hours to get up there just because I had to stop every couple hundred yards, catch my breath, cool off, yeah, um, drink water. But a little bit more than halfway up, I actually sat down and I broke down a little bit. And I'm not one that really lets things get to me, but I sat there and I cried and I was like, can I even do this? Do I need to quit? Do I need to go back? This is only day three. Like, how am I going to be able to continue the rest of the weeks? Um, you know, the trip. But I gathered myself. I got a pat on the back and I was like, okay, let's go. Yep. Um, we kept moving up little by little. Austin and Felicia went and checked up above, found us a nice comfy little cave to go sit in in the shade, which was what we needed real bad. Cause it was one of those days there were no clouds and yeah. no wind. So we were hanging out with the bees and the sun and <laughs> got in that cave and we just sat there and we're like, we are almost there. We've got it. Um, and also real quick, the way we decided who would shoot first is we did rock, paper, scissors. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Three way rock, paper, scissors. So I was lucky enough to be able to be first. Um, one of the other girls was second and then the other girl was third and Felicia was like, well, if I get the opportunity, I'll do it. If not, I don't care. I want you girls to get them. So, uh, so it was me. Um, we got up to the top. We all cried. Yeah. <laughs> we all cried. It was like the biggest accomplishment that we would ever have in yeah. our entire lives. And honestly, it was for me because it was something I didn't think I could do. Yeah. And I did it. 
and especially being uncomfortable and extra hot and you know needing so much water it was i couldn't believe i did it uh we got up there sent text messages hey we're safe we're still alive uh austin austin was like all right ladies let's go we're gonna walk slow there's probably sheep up here so just keep your eyes open i think we walked 150 yards and we stopped and we're on top of one of the mesa plateaus yep and then it kind of dipped down a little bit into a wash and then it opened up again into another plateau and you look over at the very edge of the other side and there's big sheep slaying right there uh front frontal exposure you yeah. know he's like hannah get up here i get that we all get down i throw my bag to the ground grab my gun out of my bag and i crawl on my hands and knees on these hot burning rocks <laughs> to get up to austin um I get over there, get set up, get as comfortable as I can. I didn't go prone like I had expected. I was like folded in half, kind of on my kind of on my pants, but yeah. Um we sat there for a second. He's kind of going over where he wants me to shoot it, uh, when to shoot it. And then he gets his binos and he looks at it and he's like, That's a big ew. But that's not your ram. So we're sitting there and we're just kind of looking at her and admiring how humongous and beautiful this animal was. Cause this thing was 70 yards away and that was the closest we had gotten so far on that trip. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden I see some movement out of the corner of my right eye in my peripheral. And there's another you 15 yards away that came up from the side yeah. and came right up to our group. Oh wow. So she's standing there just kind of like, what is going on? Uh, she, we got some pictures of her. Austin got a really cool picture of her. Um, when I'm looking at her, like right past me. So that was pretty neat. Uh, she ends up spooking. I'm like, uh Oh, if this is anything like deer, we're screwed. We're getting, <laughs> we're losing this opportunity, but she went down and I just kind of see over by the you that was laying down a couple more sheep pop up. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so there's a couple more down there. And then all of a sudden it's like a wave, just a wave of sheep coming up this rock face to the top of that mesa. And I look farthest to the right and I see a ram. And I'm like, Austin, there's a ram right there. He's like, all right, get on him, you know, get ready. And he taps me on the shoulder about two seconds later. And he's like, looking that big clump of sheep to the left. And I look and it's just, it's hard to explain it, but it was like, you know how in those hunting videos they have like the rest of the group blacked out and they like circle highlights. Yeah. It was yeah. like that, but like with my eyes. Yeah. So I just see him and I was like, whoo, I just get, you know, I get the shakes, I get buck fever, um, whatever you want to call it. And he's like, they're moving. You got to get on them. I'll try and get them to stop for you. Um, so the group continues to move up that side. And my ram gets to a point where he kind of slows down after Austin whistles a little bit. He's still taking some steps, but not moving too fast. So he's like, you got to do it now or never. So I pull the trigger and I'm like, where'd it go? I didn't see it run off because everything else is taken off full speed. And I start bawling <laughs> that big adrenaline dump. And yeah. I look, I look, I look, I like drop my gun down a little bit and 
he's laying down. Oh, that's so awesome. I dropped him in his tracks. I was like, there's no way I just did that. Yeah. No, that is awesome. <laughs> like, I had no, I don't know. I always get nervous and I'm like, what am I going to screw up? Which is not the way to go about it when you're hunting. Right. But being a boat, being a bow hunter primarily, I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I dropped him and I just had that big adrenaline jump and Austin's bouncing up and down and the girls are super pumped and I could not wait to get over there and look at him. Yeah. No. It was, it was something else and it's something I'll never forget doing ever. If I ever do it again, <laughs> for whatever reason, it'll be with a bow. I'll make it really hard for myself, but yeah, that was once in a lifetime for sure. And we got up to him and I just could not believe like the animal, the size on the Audad is not, you don't know how big they are when you look at pictures, no. you get like a general idea, but you get up to it in real life and it's out, like out of the ballpark, not what you expected at all. Ginormous. Like how do they climb up the side of the mountain so fast? <laughs> oh, there is. It's truly amazing to see them. We were watching them. Um, they were about 1,200 yards away, and uh, we were watching them, videoing them too, and they were jumping like 10 to 15 feet down like rock faces and then just disappearing, and you're like, where the heck did they go? And the next thing you know, you look down another like 50 feet, and there they just keep on going, and there it's like, how does an animal as big as they are stay stable? You know, they got hooves. They don't have paws or you know it claws any way of gripping or manipulating anything and they're just it's second nature to them and i i couldn't do that um but the fact that no i could the fact that y'all made it to the top of five uh that is amazing um that's one thing so we tried we attempted the front face where the, the side that everybody camps on um, that's the side we tried and I was able to convince Ted to give up and I wasn't giving up, but I was able to convince him to. And because he did, we circled around the rock bed and went in the, the other side. But, um, it was, I, I, I tell people that loose rock is equivalent to walking on a treadmill. As soon as yeah. you stop, you start losing ground. You're going back the other way. And I don't know if that's what, you know, if you all experienced the same thing, but that's what it really felt like to me because your momentum, you had to keep moving. And if you, until you got to like a plateau or a large rock or something that you could kind of mm -hmm. put some pressure against, but otherwise you, you stop moving and you're going back downhill and you know, you're not doing it at a unsafe rate, but it's like, I just climbed all of this. I don't want to keep going back that way, but, uh, it's, it's exactly. something is really something you can't really describe to someone. They have to experience it. And I'm glad that you were able to experience it. You were able to kill you a big ram. That thing was a beautiful trophy. And then Thank the, you. the way that you announced your pregnancy with that was even, <laughs> even better. I mean, truly was a once in a lifetime opportunity and a moment that, you'll forever remember. Absolutely. Austin and the girls again, surprised me with all the onesies. 
Uh, one of my favorites is the one where he had his logo, the Wicked Seven logo on it. Yeah. And it says, Aw, Dad's a baby. Yeah. And the little, little baby cowboy boots. And I just lost it again. And I think that was the most I've ever just kind of let myself have that emotion, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just, it was insane. And like you said, going up, it's one of the hardest things. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know which is harder, going up or going down. Because going up, I found myself on my hands and knees 80% of the time. Cause I have 45, 50 pounds on my back. Yeah. Maybe even more than that with the gun and all the water, um, going down after quartering up that animal and getting as much as we could, uh, me and one of the other girls were sliding down on our butts. Cause we were just physically beat from going up yeah. and all that weight. I couldn't physically like stay standing without sliding so we just, I risked my, my pants a little bit and they were, they held on, Yeah. but we slid down most of the way and we were all safe and smart and Austin and Felicia did a great job of making sure we were okay. And that's what I'm thankful for the most. Um, that trek out, I'm usually one that's a little nervous in the dark. You know, I go out bow hunting by myself all the time, so um, I'm like, oh, got to walk back the dark two track that I know when I hunt all the time. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> but being out there in those mountains with what, who knows what, um, I was a little unnerved. And then I was like, well, there's a group of five of us. We'll yeah. be okay. We all have guns. Yep. We all have a weapon. We're all together. We all have lights. Nothing's going to come over here. Um, so the biggest dynamic and the thing that made it the best experience was just the group yeah all of us together if it was just me or like me and a buddy or my husband in austin i probably would have said mm, nah i'm good but having having austin and the girls be there and motivate and push each other that was the winner for sure that yeah. was the best part of that trip we uh we equated our trip to a comedy show because all of us like to have fun and uh, mm -hmm. uh, we drove Austin crazy because, you know, part of the guy's group is you pick on each other. And so we picked on each other. We picked on Austin. And, like, overall, I mean, it, it was nothing malicious by no means. It, it was all in good fun. And I, at one point, I mm -hmm. think Austin was ready for our hunt to be over, honestly, <laughs> because he was like, we're trying to kill sheep and y'all are laughing all the time. And I'm like, we're having fun, you know. He definitely had no mercy when it came to our group because, you know, I've always had guy friends, but after meeting all of the women through Women of the Wild, we are five times worse than any group of guys, in my opinion. The <laughs> things we say, the way we pick on, yeah. I was like, sorry, Austin, but you're not getting any leeway with us. Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's great. So then y'all y'all went turkey hunting at Whiskey Willow, right? And uh, I guess the rest of the group did some uh, exotic hunting there as well. And like, what did you think of the ranch? Yeah. That's a beautiful ranch there in Arizona, isn't it? I loved that ranch. We ended up going to, I can't remember the name of the other one. It was in Rock Springs. We went there for two days. Okay. Um, we saw some birds. Uh, one of the girls shot a gray fox. Okay. Uh, nice. One of the nights. I got to see, I got to go out the first night with her and she, um, had the opportunity, didn't get him that first night. The night after that, you know, we got up early, 
I was exhausted still from Presidio. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I can't go out. I got to sleep. You know, I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. That, that didn't stop me from doing anything, but I was like, no, I'll stay home. You know, I'll get some sleep. We're going to get up early. Um, so she went out, got her Fox. Uh, we sat again and we all decided as a group, you know, we're going to move on, go to Ozona. And once we got there, we all wish that we would have been there first. Oh yeah. Because it's... that place is beautiful. Um, Dallas is fantastic. Uh, I sat with him one of the nights yep. in the back of the property and he's a riot. I got to know him and talk to him and I was a little nervous at first. Like, Oh, I don't know you. I'm shy. When I'm in reality, I'm not really shy, but you know, meeting someone for right. the first time, we're like, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Uh, we were driving around. I got to meet some of his dear friends on the property, go check out the Ibex. Um, the next couple days I rode around with the girls and one of them got a fallow doe. Yep. Uh, the other one, she ended up getting an axis buck, a black buck after we had left. And then she got, um, an Audad eel the same day she got her axis buck. So that was really cool. Like being able to sit in the car while that happens, it's better than any hunting show. Yeah. <laughs> and I just got, um, my husband and my brother, their first year two years ago oh, nice. during rifle season here um i was just like all right i pulled a i pulled a, i call it a dad and i was like all right you're gonna sit here uh you're gonna sit here if you need me i'll get you after dark <laughs> yeah so um but i would text him if i heard anything and uh help him out help him teach him to gut the animal and help him drag it and that was really rewarding for me too because i just like to be involved um as much as I like to be able to take an animal, um, it's like Felicia says, she would rather see somebody get something than take something herself. Yep. And getting older and getting other people into it, I definitely understand where she's coming from for that. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so rewarding so, to, to be a part of that and to, you know, that person not only remembers that animal, but they remember you for helping them get there and, not that it's about us by any means, but the fact that we can mentor someone and teach someone such a wonderful life lesson and a skill. I think that's really awesome. Absolutely. And it makes me feel good too. Like having yeah. dad be proud of me. I'm an adult now, but he'll, I'm going on all these trips and I get the opportunity to podcast. You're my second podcast I've been on, which is really fun. I feel like I feel like a meat eater crew member. I don't know. That's awesome. Um, but he's like, when you're famous, remember who started it all. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, That's for great. sure. Of course. That is really great. Really good. Well, Hannah, I really do appreciate you being on and hearing all about how you grew up, what it is that you're pursuing as a career. And, uh, also hearing this story about all dad hunting and, it does take me back. I, I want to get back on that mountain. Um, I've got some unfinished business down there and, uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to get back there at some point. We don't know exactly when yet we're going to try to shoot for October, but I don't think that's going to happen, but we're going to get back down there. And, uh, I just, like I said, reminiscing back on that hunt and hearing your story about it and hearing the success the other girls had while they were at, out at whiskey willow with you guys. Um, Makes me happy. And so I do appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for letting me share. 
Absolutely. Now, actually, before I let you go, one question I ask everybody, and I'm going to ask you this as well, is if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would you go and what would you hunt? My, this hasn't changed in years, no matter how many trips I go on or how many things I see people do. My goal and dream before I go, whenever that is, you know, move on, is to go to Kodiak Island, Alaska, and shoot a Kodiak bear with my bow. And that is the one thing I need to do. Okay. (laughs) I like that. I really do. Is no, it, fa- it's not a fancy different country or anything, but yeah, Alaska, uh, it calls to me in some weird way. So I like it. <laughs> that's the dream. I like it. Are you going to chase it down and shoot it in, in between the eyes like Tim Wells did? Have you seen that video? I have not, but I'm going to watch it now. You need to. <laughs> so Tim's a really good friend of mine and he has the primitive hunting, the blowgun, the spears he throws knives the boomerangs all that good stuff and uh he comes out to the chesapeake bay and he'll shoot stingrays with us uh from time to time and so he's 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 a i mean he is a wild man but his his whole demeanor like he is such a down-to-earth person he's amazing and uh but if you look up tim wells like go on youtube and look it up like tim wells bear hunt or something like that and like this is probably 25 years ago now that he did this Mm -hmm. and uh, he chased a a grizzly or a brown bear. I'm not exactly sure what it was. He chased it and the thing like stopped and looked at him and he stopped, drew his bow and shot it right, right in the head and dropped it. And I'm like, that takes some (laughs) serious, serious balls, but, (laughs) and he's got them. So, um, but yeah, he's, he's awesome. So you get a chance, go check that out. And, uh, absolutely. but but again, thank you so much for being on. It has been a pleasure and I look forward to this coming out. And I know when it does come out, our listeners are going to find a lot of value in everything that you were saying, because it's, it is so good to get new people out. It's so good to get people out and teach them the right way of doing things. And so it sounds like that's what you're doing. So, uh, my hat's off to you and thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like I said, it's always good to push yourself and push others to be the best selves that they can be. Um, Don't let anything stop you. I mean, I went to Texas and I climbed mountains in the heat pregnant, so you can do it (laughs) if you're having a bad day. That's what I like to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to all of our listeners, we thank you for the continued support. We love you. Keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.